I'm happy to be here today, and I'm going to share with you some stuff that I've been thinking about lately that uh, you may have been thinking about as well, that the world is a really different place from, I, from just a couple years ago. We've got like, like this pandemic, which is turning into an endemic, and, and we have war, we have politics. It brings me back to the 1960s. You know, I don't, some of you are nodding, so good to see that you were there as well. <laughs> but it was such a weird time back then. You know, we had Nixon, we had the Vietnam War, we had Tim Leary, you know, uh, inflation. It was just like, almost like it is now, except it was a few years ago. And, and I thought about uh, Aaron Rodgers. Now, Aaron Rodgers is the quarterback for the Packers. And he was doing an interview. And he said, I've been using psychedelics now for a couple years. And I've never had a better season. <laughs> and I'm just more in love with everything and everyone than I've ever been. And I'm going, man, no, no, we were there. <laughs> it doesn't work. <laughs> you know, take those probiotics. <laughs> That's what you need to do. So I'm listening to all this kind of stuff, and I'm going, you know what? It's chaos. There's no rhyme, no reason anymore. Every dream and idea we had about the future no longer exists in the way it did. And, and I thought to myself, okay, how do we prepare for today and tomorrow? What do we need to do? So the first thing I thought about is we need to really work on our karma. That's our refuge. And you may not think of it in that way, but karma is everything we think, everything we say, and everything we do. It transforms energy. And then it creates a result, which in early Buddhism is called vipaka. So we have karma, vipaka, cause, and consequence. So we need to have good causes we need to create conditions necessary for good stuff to happen to us. And after us, to everybody else. Because we're all interconnected and interdependent. We don't really exist in the way we think we do. And I'm going to get there in this talk. So how do we prepare our karma to create positive, wholesome results. Well, as a Buddhist and as a human being, one of the best ways to do it is to think about, practice, relate to the five precepts that we find in Buddhism. It's sort of like the Buddhist Ten Commandments, in a way. And every major religion has something to say about what you 
should or could do. So Buddhism says, you know, the first thing you got to do is stop killing everything. There's just too much death and destruction, and humans are sort of drawn into it. We like it. We like war. There has never been a time when we haven't been in a war. And for what? What do we get out of a war? By the time the war is over, we're dead anyway. And then there's another war. So can we stop killing? Can you start today and say to yourself in an honest, sincere way, I'm not going to take out any human beings today. I'm just not going to do it. Even if I have a chance to, I'm not going to do it. Okay. So you start big. Don't start small. Start big. And then you work your way down to ants and bees and mosquitoes and flies. You know, and, and that's such a good practice because it allows you to take a few moments to think about the quality and the miracle of life. The miracle of life. You know, before we start looking for life in other planets, let's stop killing the life on this planet. You know what I'm saying? There we go. Okay, the next thing is don't take stuff that's not yours. You don't need it anyway. It's just something else to dust or think about or ensure. You don't need all this stuff. Keep it simple. And if somebody likes their stuff, let them like their stuff. You don't need their stuff too. So just don't take stuff. Number three, try to be in love. Now, I hate to use that word because it's so, it has so many different meanings to people. But you know, if you're in relationship, if you like somebody, just be kind to them. You don't even have to love them. They won't know the difference. <laughs> Number four, let's speak skillfully. Let's have something to say. You know, I listen to YouTube a lot and I like the interviews people do and I, I watch the news and how they interview people about things. And I'm thinking to myself, I don't have time to listen to this stuff because nobody's saying anything. They're just talking. They're just talking. And when you come into contact with somebody who's got something to say, you really need to listen because you may not hear it ever again. And it could change your life. You don't know. So can we speak in a skillful, harmonious way? Can we bring people's lives up to another level by what we say? And I think we can. We can use kind speech. We can use encouraging speech. We can make a difference in their life by what we say. And we can make a difference in our life by what we don't say. And number five, stop getting high. It's not worth it. <laughs> you know... Everybody's talking about the latest wine or beer or marijuana's legal and Aaron Rodgers is doing psychedelics and you just go, you know, you don't need to do that 
we're of an age now that all we have to do is stand up quickly and we can feel <laughs> we can feel the stuff we know okay now let's think about three aspects of buddhist wisdom that can help us get ready for the future even tomorrow the first aspect of Buddhist wisdom is everything changes all the time. We know that now for sure. We've been through the pandemic, wow, and we're starting to come out, but all this other stuff keeps changing too. Some of my favorite restaurants no longer exist because of the pandemic. Some people I know no longer exist because of the pandemic. I'm different too. I'm back at Leisure World in Seal Beach. I go once a month and we have a group, the Buddhist Circle, and we talk about stuff. You know, that's my peer group. It's fun. It's fun to look at everybody and know they've been through the same stuff or similar stuff that I've been through. And we've spent years and years and years on this planet and still mess up. And it's nice to know that we can have a path or direction and Buddhism can give that to us. So a couple months ago, one of the women that used to be there four years ago, when I was also speaking, came up to me and said, Kusala, you've changed. I went, yeah, and, well, I haven't seen her since. So I'm not sure what that, <laughs> I'm not sure what that means. And then this wonderful woman who comes to IBMC and brings cat food decided to bring some cat food, even though we haven't been open for two years, but the cats are still hungry. And we're sitting on the porch and we're talking about a variety of things and Thomas the cat comes on the porch to say hi to everyone. And she looks at Thomas the cat and says, he's changed. I'm going, what the hell? How do you know it's a cat? How can you tell? <laughs> she knew though. So we're going, we're facing a bunch of new people that we've never met before. They look familiar. They may be even relatives, but this is the first time we've really seen them in 2022 and we go, man. And then you look in the mirror and you say, yeah, I've changed too. Everybody keeps changing. Don't get attached is the secret. Just, just let it happen. It's a flow thing. It's the river thing. You know, everything just keeps going by. And now and then we like to reach in and grab something and hold on to it as long as we can because it makes us feel good. But then it's just ripped out of our hands because of impermanence and change. And we're a little depressed until we get to hold the next thing and clutch it and don't want it to go. And then that's taken away too. We gotta just relax. Let the change happen, you know? And just be amazed at how unique this life of ours is. That we never live the same life twice. Moment by moment, it's a new life. We're a new person. That's the magic. That's the excitement of living as a human being, is we can't hold on to anything. And when the bad stuff happens, just say to yourself, 
It's just a matter of time. It will go away. That's all you got to do. Sooner or later, everything gets better. And then you die. <laughs> it's a cruel reality, this life of ours. Number two, everything is ultimately unsatisfactory because everything changes. All the really good stuff that you like and know should be there for the rest of your life isn't going to be there. And when it finally leaves, you're going to be so bummed out until the next good thing happens. And then that leaves too. And you go, wow, this change thing has created unhappiness because happiness is so fleeting. The perfect moment is so fleeting. That good hair day is so fleeting. <laughs> you know? Me and Rick know. It's just like, okay, enjoy it while it's there. Because one day it won't be. Okay, I understand now. Everything changes, and that's why everything isn't very good, because everything changes, and the really good stuff is only momentary. And don't bemoan the fact that it's left you. Be happy that it happened in the first place. What a miracle to have all those conditions necessary in one place, in one moment, for that to happen. But then all those conditions keep changing, and that doesn't happen anymore. I can remember when I started to meditate, and I was having some really sort of cool experiences, close to psychedelic, but not quite. And, and then it stopped. You know, I had about a week of those kind of experiences, and then they never happened again. And I spent a year trying to make them happen again thinking all I needed to do was put the 10,000 conditions necessary for it to happen together and it would happen again. Well, other stuff happened and that's good, but that thing that I really wanted to happen again never did because everything changes and ultimately everything is unsatisfactory. Number three, you're not who you think you are. You're just an illusion created by school and parents and peer groups and careers and all sorts of things have come together to make you into what you think you are. But we've been through a pandemic now. We've had two years to reflect on who we really are. And sometimes we've come to a place that's not very comfortable because I never thought I was like that. Yeah, but you were, man. You were. And now, and now, how am I going to be a better person? Or how am I going to be happy with what I found me to be? How can I accept it? What the, what's the deal? It's really a good deal. We have this role that we play, and people think they know us because of the role that we play. And we have a name. And we have a gender, and we have cool clothes, and nice shoes, and that's who we are. And then one day you realize, I've never been that. I've just been play acting. 
I've got a driver's license that has a picture that's supposed to be me. And I've got to be that person if I'm pulled over doing 100 in a 55 mile per hour. I've got to be that guy. And that guy now has to explain why he was going so quickly and what was so important. And you haven't got a clue. You were just going 100 because it felt good. Man, sometimes it's not good to be the guy in the driver's license. You know, sometimes it's not. So what does that mean for us? That means that we do not have to take anything in a personal way. We have that freedom. It's never been about you, even though you feel that way and think that way. It's never been about you. It's been about everything and nothing at exactly the same time. And is that a difficult concept to wrap your mind around? Impossible. That's why we have koans in Zen Buddhism. Questions that have no answers. Questions that can be answered intuitively, but not intellectually. Wow. So how's your intuition doing? What does your intuition say about you? Well, hopefully, it's not talking at all. Because that's what the mind does. That's what the intellect does. It talks to you all the time. Chatter, chatter, chatter. Always in the background. Like a radio you can't turn off. And you can't change the channel either. It just keeps going and going and going. But sometimes you have to redirect your attention to infinity, to the ultimate source, however you want to play with that. That, that that's the place. And I've told this story before, but I'll just say it one more time. When I was in military high school, Yes, I was in military high school because I was a real jerk, but I became a man because of the regiment of military high school. But I was on the track team. I was thin, but I was strong. I was angular. And I did the shot put. And, and I was pretty good, better than I was supposed to be, I thought. And I was in a track meet with another high school, and it was my turn to shot the put, put the shot, move that iron ball into the distance. So I said to myself, this is going to be so cool, I'm going to show everybody how good I am. I've been practicing now, and I'm confident, and I know I can do it. And there'll be applause, and maybe even a standing ovation after that put is shot. And that shot is put. I did the worst I could have ever done. I so overthought what I was going to do, and it didn't add anything. It just made it so much harder to do what I normally do, because I was thinking about all the stuff. Oh, my gosh. So now, I've come a long way. I still think a lot. But I feel sometimes that it's not right to move if I'm thinking about it. So what I do is I practice on a daily basis with the cats. And I'm going to fill the water bowl for the cats. And that thought arises, and I don't do anything. I just sit there with that thought. 
And then once the thought is gone, I get up and feel the water. And I put it back. And there's no resistance. And there's no good or bad. It's just, I got up and put some water in a bowl. How cool was that? I realized that stuff would happen without me even thinking about it. That there was this sort of inner thing that can direct you. And you don't need to have words or concepts to live by. That you can live by your heart, your intuition, instead of your mind, your intellect. So in Buddhism, we have something called the heart-mind. It's when the mind and the heart, the intellect and the intuition merge together. And then everything you do is so skillful. Because it's not about you. It's about what you do, not who you are. And I know a lot of people like celebrities because of who they are. But for me, the question always was, what do they do? What do they do? And sometimes it's a little disappointing to find out what they do. <laughs> instead of who they are. Wow. You know, I, I, one of my favorite channels on YouTube is Hollywood Graveyard. Now, I know it sounds a little dark <laughs> and depressing. But you get to look at all these cool gravestones. And then you get to hear about their life and why they ended up there. And sometimes, you know, cool personality, really special person, and they got this little rock with a name on it. And you go, wow, a whole life spent being who they were. And then they ended up with a little rock and their name on it that probably most people are never going to see or find. So what does Buddhism say about life and death? Buddhism says, you only got one thing to really worry about. That's your karma. You got the five precepts, you know how the karma thing works. You got the karma. Karma is what's transferred from this life to the next. Karma is the only baggage you get to take with you. Those golf clubs that you just bought and love, no, they don't go. How about that car? Some people are buried in their car. That doesn't go either. How about that wife and kids? No, they don't get to go either. They can't do anything for you. How about all your friends? No, no, they're, they'll be there dividing your stuff between them. <laughs> but they can't go either. So the only thing we get to take to us, take with us, is we go into our next lifetime is what we think, what we say, and what we do. Wow, make that a priority. And you'll have a wonderful life and a really good death, too. <laughs> Thank you for listening. I appreciate your time. <laughs>